Sports Everything, your new favorite podcast, coming to you live from your mother's house. Come on, come on. Joining me uh, today is Bosnatch, or uh, Bosnatch, and I'm your host, Skivvy. What is, uh, did I say that right? Balsack? Bosanets. Bosanets. Bosanets, sorry. Uh, what a great day for capitalism. Uh, so, uh, Bassanis is my boss and I wanted to have him come on to the show today to talk about, uh, he's, how old are you? 29? Correct. Yeah. So I wanted to have him come on and talk about being a young business owner, uh, being from an immigrant family and, uh, yeah, let's start with that. So, uh, I mean, what kind of, what kind of stuff do you, uh, I mean, how did you come across truck driving uh it's something that you know my dad's done for a long time growing up uh you know whereas he did a long haul before uh you know didn't work out so well for him so he kind of started working well uh, with a friend at a local cartage company and uh you know did that for a few years before uh before i came along and you know we, we were kind of at the point we're at now yeah, we uh, I I just kind of stumbled into it because uh, I worked at Lowe's for four years. I told you that, and not a sponsor. And then uh, they told me whenever I was working there that there was only three ways to make money within Lowe's, and that was to either be a manager, a specialist, or a truck driver. So I was twenty years old at the time and had no money, trying to take care of a family at the time, and I had uh uh you know every single day I would go and I would check to see. Uh, if there were any positions posted within like a 50 mile radius. And, uh, finally one came available right about the, I think like two weeks before I actually turned 21. So it was at another store. I went and interviewed for it. I got the job. And then whenever I finally started, I mean, the, the job was filled with like these middle-aged, like 300 pound, six foot five guys. And, you know, anybody who knows me knows that I'm a little twink boy. <laughs> Everybody was like, he can't, he can't do the job. I made enemies immediately. There was this one guy who, uh, who had a big problem with me. I, I have no idea why, uh, but do, they always put me and him in the truck together. And we're, you know, we're del- delivering like, uh, uh, refrigerators and washers and dryers. So it's big stuff. Um, and a lot of the time it would weigh like 300 pounds or more. And we, we got to get it inside the house. Plus we all got, we have to install the stuff. So, uh, coming over to working with you, uh, put me in a much better position, not just financially, because I mean, you were able to pay me more, but I mean, I was done with Lowe's at the time anyway, because I, I was uh, chasing management like a carrot on a string. Um, and you know, whenever I came over to you, it, I mean, there's just the job itself is a lot easier because we don't have to take things inside all the time. And when we do, it's like a TV or something like that. Um, but one of the things that I really wanted to go into with you today that I'm really interested about is I think it's really interesting how, uh, you know, people from other countries, immigrants to America, will come together as a family and they'll take all their money and they'll put it together and they will will decide to start a business together. And I, I know a lot of the time, or at least I think a lot of the time, the reason they come here is for capitalist purposes right so they'll come over here because this is the place where they can start a business and um you, you know they, they can chase the american dream and so they they kind of take on a socialist thing 
inside of a capitalist uh, country where, you know, they, they put all their money together and they fight in a capitalist country together and they succeed at it. And it's something that, that I don't see a lot of Americans uh, or, or like natural born Americans succeeding at or, or even thinking of. You know what I mean? Uh, I agree uh, to, to some extent for sure. Um, it, it is more common, you know, but that, that just from what I've seen uh, that, you know, predominantly immigrant families do work together, you know, in, in a, for the common goal of achieving success financially uh, when it comes to starting businesses, not just with trucking, but uh, there's a wide variety of businesses that, you know, we've seen that have been started by immigrant families from food trucks to restaurants to, uh, you know, you name it. And, and it's all for one common goal. You know, it's when you come here, you don't really have too many options you don't know the language you don't know the lay of the land uh, you know so you have to do kind of take a grasp of whatever it is that you're good at and what you understand well um, and that is kind of why why they work harder together you know because they've been at the rock bottom you know whether it's like where I come from from a war-torn country um, you know and you so you've seen the worst of the worst so you'll do kind of whatever is necessary to to be able to see some level of success, you know, and, and get the things that you need and, and desire uh, makes it much easier when when you work together. You know, like the old saying goes, you know, two heads are better than one. So uh, is, yeah. you work together, uh, you're, you're more likely to succeed. Is there a conversation that happens inside the family? Uh, because I know your family's done this. So is there a conversation that happens with inside the family that says, Hey, let's, let's put everything together. You know, uh, did your dad come to you and your brother and say, Hey, you know, let's, let's all go into this together. Or is that just kind of the culture and just kind of the understanding that that would happen? Oh, I'm not sure for others. I know for us, you know, me and and my uh, dad had a conversation, you know, uh, it was more or less because of issues that we had with our, you could say, partner, you know, and while we worked directly under them, we had didn't see eye to eye on a lot of stuff. And we decided to come together to uh, to start our own business. Now, this wasn't more like us pulling our money together, because at that point in time, you know, we had done well enough to where we didn't need to. Uh, it was kind of he would be the financial backing to it and i would be mainly the one that was uh kind of pushing everything along and organizing uh you know everything you know finding employees and things of that nature now how did you come into being the leader of everything um i was talking to a friend of mine the other day and uh you know i was like i said you know he's i was talking about how you were coming onto the podcast and uh he asked me, well, I mean, what did he do before? I was talking about how well the company has ran. And he said, well, what did he do before this? Because I also said, you know, yeah, he's, he's like 29 years old. It's kind of, it's crazy to see him because, you know, I'll be in the warehouse grabbing my stuff and I'll see you kind of hanging around, not, not hanging around, but like sitting and talking to people twice your own age, uh, big wigs, you know, and uh, who are like uh, the leaders of, of their companies or whatever. And you're, you're sitting around cutting up with them and, just as if not more confident than the people that you're talking to 
So, and you kind of have an air about you and it's, uh, uh, I, I, where, do you know where you got that or is it something that your dad taught you or did you work a job like that before where you were in a leadership position or is it just who you are? Um, slightly, you know, I mean, I worked at, uh, at a shop before, you know, as you know, like fixing trucks and I was like a lead tech, but no, most of, of my, the, the way I perceive stuff, some of it comes from, from my dad and just the way that he treats people. Um, but you know, of course I've also went to school, so I do have a degree, you know, in business management and, you know, through that I've learned how good ways to talk to people and proper ways to communicate, you know, um, ethically as well as as you know professionally you you don't ever want to come off too arrogant because people don't like that um i didn't know know. but but you have to be i feel like you have to be confident and no matter what it is that you do you always want to have confidence in yourself especially if you've taken the time to to be good at a craft you know uh you you don't ever want to go into any situation being like oh crap you know i can't do this you you don't want to go about it that way if you feel like you're gonna fail then you will you know you have to to believe you can be successful before you ever actually get to that point i'm the exact same way man like i i'm optimistic to a fault you know i I come up with big ideas of uh, constantly it's every single day uh benny who you know anybody listening listening to the podcast you know you've heard him on the on the podcast a lot I call, I'm on the phone with him all day, every day, and I come up with a different idea every single day, and I talk to call and talk to him about it. He's got a pretty good uh, head. For, he's a he's a pessimist, so he he balances me out. You know what I mean? I, I'll call him with an idea, and he's like, "Here's why. It, here's all the reasons that it wouldn't work." And I'm like, "Ah, here's all the reasons it would." You know? Uh, but and I've also been told that I'm extremely overconfident about everything, and maybe that's a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing, but. I think it kind of well, keeps you, things moving. You need along. a balance, um, but it's definitely if you're going to be one way or another, you'd rather be an optimist. Um, you know, you always want to stay upbeat and look for positives in every situation. Um, you know, and you've heard me say this before. You know, whether it was about various people that we've been around or employees. You know, you've seen some come and go. Uh, you know, negativity <laughs> draws negativity in. You know, so the more that you let that surround you and you keep that energy around you, I feel like the the worse the stuff will get for you, get, you know, yeah. uh, whether it's in your personal life or in business, regardless, um, you, you always want to try to be as positive as you can, you know, look for the best in every situation. And if it is, you know, like we've had unfortunate uh, things that have happened with us, you, you always want to find whether it's a teachable moment or something you can learn from that you've done wrong. Uh, there, there's always a, something good you can take out of even the worst situations. Yeah, I mean, having teachable employees and having people that are, you know, willing to learn and grow themselves is important to have around. I I, I like what you said about having, uh, you know, people negative around or, you know, any. I think I'm a big believer that if you constantly consume negative content, like you're constantly listening to sad songs you're gonna be sad all the time you know what i mean everybody's everybody's talking about mental illnesses all the time and everything and uh, i think a lot of that has to do with uh, i mean let's say social media for example i'm not saying that i don't think social media is is a pretty good thing i mean i, I do in some sense think that it is good and uh and i've talked about that before on the podcast um but i think 
is social media. I think is, what it does is with social media is you get a lot of people comparing themselves to others. Well, you get uh, that somewhat through a false spectrum because a lot of times people put out this image on social media of what they are and who they are, how great things are for them, and it, and it's uh, a lot of times an illusion, very deceptive, you know, because they're never. Some people, I should say, will never post, you know, the bad things that happen to them on there, or or like if they're feeling uh, left out or a certain way about things, you know. And then they see what others have and they want to achieve that and one another. And that's kind of what does bring a lot of, not a lot, but certainly some people to, to a depressive state of mind. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I think that social, or I don't think, I mean, it's just the way it is. Uh, social media is tailor made by you. So the pages that you follow, the, the people that you follow, uh, on every social media platform, you know, it's Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, every single one of them. If you're con- if you only follow negative things, you're surrounded by negativity. And I think a good balance of things is good too, because like you just said, like if you're constantly following, uh, or keeping up with the, the Kardashians or whatever, whoever's, uh, making themselves seem the most awesome. And then you're going to look at yourself and say, well, I don't think I'm very awesome. You know, I'm not going on vacations like they are. I don't have the money for that. So I must be falling behind. But what you don't see is that these people are fucking taking out loans and living paycheck to paycheck or living off of credit so that they can, uh, you know, live well beyond their means just so they can have this image that they go out and do these amazing things. And, you know, maybe some of them are legitimate and I'm sure there are, but, um, you know, not everybody is. And I think most people, I mean, you know, you got motherfuckers going out to, uh, a fucking airport and grabbing their phone and turning around and uh, taking a picture of themselves next to a private jet and saying it's theirs. Or they rent a Lamborghini and they take some pictures of themselves in a Lamborghini and they didn't buy the fucking Lamborghini. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, uh, well, it might have been like $100 for the day. And yeah, well, no, it'll probably be a lot more than that. But uh, what that does is, I mean, that those will only, you know, work for the people who don't know you. You know, so you're putting off this false perception to people you know uh there's a lot of businesses that do that as well um you know who will have you believe you know they're the best and you know one thing or another but uh you know in reality they're they're struggling to to stay above water you know and like what you're talking about with those financial decisions there you know that also applies to a lot of businesses uh whether they're trying to buy things for the business that are well above their means. You see with, uh, for example, some of the stuff we do, um, you know, we don't have brand new trucks for everybody. We don't do stuff to to try, you know, we, we present a clean appearance and professional, but we don't go out there and also buy, you know, $150,000 trucks for all the employees, you know, where that can be seen as unnecessary, especially when you're in the building stages. Of, of a business and trying to get it off the ground and and make it profitable yeah i mean when it when it all comes down to it that's what it's for is profit you know so you know your image doesn't have shit to do with it it's about making money so uh you know and a lot of things like a part of my my financial plan is to go see a uh, financial advisor and I'm kind of on the fence about this because I could see how it could be beneficial and how it could not. But if I pull into the financial advisor's office and I see that he's got a Lamborghini or, you know, fucking 
uh, Audi or something parked outside, like an Audi R8 or something like that. I'm probably not going to go in because I, I don't really see the point in it. I think this guy's just flexing and trying to make it seem like he knows what he's doing, but he doesn't. Well, you could see it that way, but you got to think, depending on who, if you were to see a young guy, you know, let's say somebody my age or maybe a little older with that, um, you could see it that way. But if you see an old, you know, older gentleman, let's say he's in his 50s or 60s, he's been around for a while. So chances are, you know, if he's having one of those, it could be that, you know, he is very successful. Yeah, I mean, later in life, but yeah, yeah, I agree. You know, but what you're going to see is a lot of those financial advisors, um, you know, they don't necessarily have, uh, not that they can't afford it, certainly, but a lot of them won't come to work in a $300,000 car. You know, you're going to see majority of them are driving very nice vehicles, but more along the line, your BMWs and, and Audis and stuff, but not the ones that would cost, you know, six figures. Yeah. A lot of them are actually financially smart. They don't make bad decisions. That's kind of where they got to it. Now, you might go to their house or see their house, and it'll be, you know, a million-dollar home. But then again, you know, that's kind of, uh, you know, if they've done well with their business and and they've been successful, you know, um, then, you know, in some regards, they should reward themselves, you know, if that's how they want to. Others might see a need to put that money in the bank. But, you know, once you get up and older in years, you you realize that you can't take that money with you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Go ahead. So spend it on something, you know. But it doesn't mean go and spend every dollar you make, you know, and live week to week because you also don't want to do that. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of what I've I've talked about before is, I mean, you know the car that I drive, you know, $800 car. And, um you know, and something I've tried telling people is that, you know, if my car shits out, like I only needed that car to last me enough time to have the money put back to get another car, you know? So if that car shits out, I've got the money in the bank right now to go get one and to go get another one. If you're, if you're driving a, uh, you know, $50,000 car and your car shits out and you know, you still got to pay back that loan and everything else. Like and you don't have $50,000 put back, how how the fuck are you going to pay that off? Like, you you still got that loan. Like, hopefully well, your insurance covers and that's it. that's but... where a lot of people, you know, and this is kind of what I was alluding to earlier, in business make mistakes. Um, you know, they they buy stuff that you they really can't afford. Uh, you know, credit is tricky because it allows people to do that. You know, you shouldn't have a $50,000 car if you only make twenty twenty five thousand dollars a year you know just like a business shouldn't have you know eight nine hundred thousand dollars let's say worth of equipment if they're only profiting you know a hundred or two hundred thousand dollars a year you don't want to go above you know what you could afford yeah what are what are some of your uh your policies for uh for like trying to lead other people uh, you know, what are some of the virtues that you try to instill inside the business? Well, I mean, you, you know, and we've had conversations about this before. You know, you want to treat everybody, uh, you know, with kindness and, and be fair to people. Um, you know, but you also don't want to let yourself be walked over. Uh, you see the way I treat, you know, you and, and the rest of our guys. You know, I don't, 
I don't talk down to anybody. Uh, you know, there's been times certainly where we've had to scold employees and, you know, reprimand for various reasons, but we've always used that as followed with an explanation of why it's important to do stuff the right way and how quickly, you know, one small mistake can, uh, can cause a whole lot of, you know, problems. But, you know, best way to lead is just by example. You know this, uh, since you've been there, you can't really, you know, you tell me that there's going to be anybody that's going to come and work harder day to day, night, you know, week to week than, than what me and, and, you know, my boss do. And that's kind of the way that we've seen it. You know, if you come in there and I'm dragging my feet and I'm being lazy about everything, um, then it's kind of, you know, the employees will see that and they'll do the same and follow suit. So we try to avoid that, you know, stay humble, treat everybody with respect. Um, you know, and like I said, bring your A game, work hard every day. Yeah. I think it's important that, uh, and you know, nice that you guys come in and you work your ass off every single day right there along with you and right, right there along with me and the other guys in there, you know what I mean? And it's, it's nice that whenever, Whenever I've I've made mistakes before, and whenever you've came to me about it, uh, you know you didn't have a pissed off tone about it or anything. Even if you might have been, you know what I mean. You just you came at me like, "Hey, dude, like you know this happened, uh, and you know I can't have you doing that anymore. Here's why: it made these problems. Uh, you know I say it's not going to happen again. I try to make it not happen again. Maybe a couple times it did happen again, but even still, you were just like, you know, I think you still saw." that my intention was to correct it, even if I might might have fucked up again, like you saw that my intention was to still fix the issue. And it, it wasn't really a problem between us, you know what I mean? Like, I didn't feel like I really had to fear for my job or anything like that. It was, uh, you know, I knew that there, there was something that needed to be corrected, but that's as far as things were going to be taken. It's, you know, and if yeah, I didn't... Well, and I mean, that's the way you want to coach and... and and teach employees is you don't want uh, to instill fear because a lot of people don't work well, you know, under that kind of pressure and, and under constant fear of, of losing their job. You want to be encouraging it as encouraging as you can be and kind of goes back to, you know, being positive in every situation, you know, cause things could have went first, you know, let's say a wrong sticker is put on a piece of freight and, you know, it ends up, in the wrong city and they stop it before it leaves the country. And you're aware, you know, we've had just recently that did leave the country and you can see how many, how much headaches it causes for us, you know, not just me, but you know, our partner company as well. Um, and, and how big of an issue it can be caused. And it's just by simple, let's say negligence or, or carelessness, um, you know, attention to detail. Uh, but you don't want to, you know, really, beat somebody up over that you know you want to you want them to understand why that's important to to do those things properly um you know pay attention to what you're doing don't get distracted uh because one small mistake can cost tons of money uh to you know of course to myself and and to everybody else involved but yeah. you you need people to uh see a situation understand the mistake see why it's important to do it the right way and, and of course you don't want it to be if it becomes a persistent issue then that's when you got to take uh you know 
a different action, you know, like we've had recently where, you know, somebody might even be terminated for such thing. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's like, you know, if if you come to somebody and you say, hey, this is an issue, you need to fix it, here's why, and they just don't, and you tell them again and again, and they just still don't, maybe they're even trying to fix the issue. But maybe just something within them, they're not capable of fixing that issue. And, you know, that's someone you shouldn't keep on your team, I would think, you know, because uh, they're causing problems. And you can get somebody well, in who's, who is capable. Generally, if somebody wants to uh, to correct the problem, and or let's say they keep making a specific mistake at work, um, you know, I feel like if that problem keeps persisting on, it's because of the lack of effort. Because nothing that we do can't be fixed if you just simply pay attention to what you're doing on our end of it, you know. Um, so if you can't make adjustments and correct those things, it's simply, and, and you know, in my opinion, goes to a uh, a lack of effort to get better, you know. Because a lot of people out here don't have the to uh, to get better and 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 do a great job. Come in and do the bare minimum to get through the day, you know, call it a, you know, and, and that's a job for them. Yeah. Motherfuckers just want to skate by man. That's all they want to do. Just come in, go to work, go home, do nothing, which there's nothing wrong with that, I guess, but, uh, it doesn't make for, you know, I don't know. I, I think that self-improvement is super important in all things. And it's not just like, you know, failing is important so that you can know what you can fix. Like anytime I start a job, and I'm sure you know this, I'll be the first to fuck up. <laughs> I'll fuck up everything that can can be fucked up at the beginning. And uh, you know, you, I'm sure you'll think I'll fucking suck like <laughs> as an employee whenever I'm first on. Uh, but I'll correct each and every one of them until I've got everything straightened up pretty good, and until I'm doing the job pretty good. And then once I feel like I'm doing pretty good at it, I want to be the best at it. Like there's there's being good at it, and then there's being the fucking best, and that's and seeing that's just a simple attitude that some people have and others don't. You know, certain people have a desire they want to be, whether it's the best or they want to just be really good at do. Some are capable and have that will and desire within them, and others, like I was saying earlier, and they don't. You know, it doesn't matter what the job is or where they. Work. Uh, they just want to do the bare minimum, to, like to, to skate by, and and just enough to, you know, I, I guess if you will, stay out of trouble. Even though a lot of times those are your employees that they cause you the most issues because they can't be coached because they won't allow it. Yeah, their their fucking ego's too big to let anybody tell them what to do. Like, like, dude, the person who's telling you what to do right now writes your fucking paycheck, so. <laughs> you know, maybe you should listen to what they're saying or, you know, l- start losing those paychecks. Uh, you know. Right. Well, um, that as well, but, you know, generally in, in actually majority of businesses, you know, your employer should have the knowledge, you know, about the job, certainly more than the employee. Um, so, you, you know, if, if you're in a position and you do want to learn, you know, that would be a person you would want to take advice from. You know, I was certainly there at one point and, you know, learned from people who were above me and around. Me. That's kind of where I got to to where I'm at now. And, and you know, I can pass on that knowledge to you and to, uh, you know, to the rest of the guys. Uh, you know, something as simple as the incident we had the other day where I had to make a phone call because you weren't 
um, able to get something done, I think you know what I'm alluding to um, because of the employee that was you were trying to, let's say, tender some, some a delivery to didn't know what their job was specifically. Oh, yeah. Um, and that's and that's kind of the person who just comes in and does the bare minimum. Uh, and, and in that situation, it's somebody who believes that they know significantly more than what they do um, without actually taking the proper steps to learn the job, you know, in its full entirety. Yeah, you got to humble yourself. You got to know when you fucking suck so that you can not suck, you know? Um, yeah, absolutely. You've always been good also about um, uh, a fair. If I make a mistake, uh, say I didn't pick up something because I simply forgot about it, which I have a terrible memory, so <laughs> that, that's happened. Um, you know, or like that one pickup in, uh, in Eminence, you... Uh, you know, you had me come in the next day and go pick it up like early in the morning, you know, like, okay, correct. Okay. You, and that was a, 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 a way to teach you, you know, like for example, that place in particular, you was, you didn't get it picked up on a Thursday. Uh, if I, if you want me to go into detail, I kind of set you up on a route to where you should have went straight there. But for whatever reason, I, I don't recall, you did get distracted on something. You didn't end up going there. Uh, that place was is closed fr- is closed on Fridays, and you know so now a shipment that we should have picked up Thursday, and it been at an airport in another city on Friday getting ready to leave the country. It didn't get picked up till Monday, so that shipment is four days late. Yeah, so it's like okay, uh, you fucked this very, up. Very very important, right? And it's it's like hey, here's what you did wrong, and here's how I'm gonna teach you not to do that wrong because now you have to come into work early, drive an hour away you know, get this thing picked up, come back and then proceed with your day as normal. Yeah. You want to miss uh, it's, it's a, you know, it's a small way, uh, to inconvenience you, but it's something that you remember to understand why it's important to do stuff the right way. Yeah. Want to miss a, deli- want to miss a pickup again, Skivvy? Now you're wake. I hope you like waking up at six o'clock, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Yeah. No, yeah. I'll- but it's things like that that you can use. Uh, that worked better uh, to teach people uh, how to how to you know correct mistakes that they've made without yelling at them. You know, a reason I don't yell at uh, you know employees very rarely is because I had a boss that would literally go ballistic and yell about every little bitty thing that I missed. You know, made a mistake on, and you know that kind of taught me. You know, I didn't learn well through that. It didn't, it didn't teach me anything except that you know, let me know that he was pissed off. You know, he didn't sit down with me and hey, like this is what you did wrong. This is how you should have done it, and you know, this is how I need it done, and I want you to do it. No, it was always like, hey, you jackass, blah blah. blah. You know, this is fucked up, and you know, carrying on just cussing, really not explaining in detail like what what I did wrong. You know, and I didn't learn too well from that. So I didn't want to be that way, you know, once I got to a point where I had my own employees. Yeah, that's, that's, I, I mean, I've been through that before also, man. The, the first job I ever had was, it was at a uh, Fazoli's, not a sponsor. And whenever I went there, I, it was actually in the interview that I got yelled at by my future boss. 
<laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how I got the fucking job. I showed up and uh, I was like 16 years old. I, I went there straight after school, uh, got the call for the interview or not the, not a call. Somebody that I went to school with worked there also. And he told me that I had an interview there after work and that he'd give me a ride and stuff like that. I didn't have a car just yet. I had my permit, but uh, he, so I show up literally didn't even stop the car whenever I hopped out. Like we just kind of did a, a roll through and I just hopped out real quick and then went inside cause we were also kind of running late for it. So then I, I go inside and we do the interview, which is also one of, I mean, I had done interviews before, but, uh, I didn't, I wasn't comfortable with them just yet because I was 16, you know? Uh, so I go in and I'm like super nervous and everything. And I know that I'm, that I'm already fucking up. I'm not in, in, uh, in, interview clothes. My hair was all super long at the time. I had gauges, like just did not look like somebody that you wanted, uh, working in your company. So <laughs> I came in and sat down and, uh, we, like I said, we did the interview and she, after the interview, I said, yeah, I, I'm thinking about joining the military, uh, this summer, uh, which like, or it was like, okay, it, once you turn 17, you could do part of, you could do your basic training, um, over, over this, that summer, summer break, like you didn't have to actually go to, you, you could do, you can go to school after summer, after basic training or something like that. Um, so I didn't really know the logistics of everything. I didn't know if that was, uh, if, if the law had to followed by that, you know what I mean? But I, I had, I had been told that it had. So I'm asking my boss and I said, or my future boss at the time, I said, I plan on, Joining, I told her I plan on joining the military, and I just want to make sure because I I plan on joining the military soon. I would still be able to come back to my job after that, right? And then that's legally binding. And she thought that I was like threatening her about that for some for some reason. Like, hey, if you don't give me my fucking job back after this, um, I'm gonna sue you or something like that. And she was like, that just really pissed me off. Don't you ever fucking threaten me again. I was like, I'm 16, lady. I don't know, like. I'm just trying to make sure. I'm just trying to make sure that I have all my ducks in a row here. That's all I'm trying to do. Uh, and she said, uh, "She said, don't don't you ever fucking threaten me again. You know, just go ahead and get out." And I was like, "Well, do I have the job?" <laughs> she was like, "She was like, yeah, you start Monday. Get out of here." Okay. Yeah. See, um, unfortunately, there is a lot of businesses that will use things like that to deny you employment. But as far as I'm aware, there's certain things such as you know leaving for military and things of that nature that you i believe you legally can't be fired from yeah i don't think you can that's another thing she said she said i've i've been in the business for uh for 40 years don't you ever tell me how to do my job i was like lady i'm six fucking teen i don't know how to do this job i've never had a job you expect me to tell you how to do your job i'm just trying to figure shit out right now can you just have have a little bit of understanding about that? She was by far the worst boss that I ever had. One day I was in the back. What I did was I made pasta in the back, like 20 pounds of pasta at a time in these these large kettles. Um, so uh, a lot of yeast and stuff would build up on the on the stain uh, the the stainless steel in the back. So she gave me a bottle of degreaser, which I had never used before because. Like my family used Windex to clean most things, you know what I'm saying? Like, like we don't buy bottles of degreaser. Um, like that's something that you'll see in warehouses a lot, but not or not warehouses, but uh, uh you know, like restaurants. Uh, so she gave me this bottle of degreaser, right. and uh, 
she gave me this little hose thing that I use for, for to fill up the kettles. She said, here, you know, put this on hot water. Here's how you do it. Clean this off. She kind of showed me in like a small section. I was like, okay. And she was like, and hurry the hell up. Okay. So I start getting to it. And I'm, you know, trying, trying to scrub it and get it real good and everything. She comes back like five minutes later and she screams like, like loud enough for people that are in the, in, inside the restaurant to be able to hear. She screams. She said, I said, hurry the hell up. And like her face is all red. She's slamming her fist down like, like an old lady throwing a fucking temper tantrum, you know? And I'm like, I, I walk out and I'm like, what the hell's your problem? Like, I'm, I'm just trying to do what you asked me to do. That's it. If you don't want it to be done and I'm not doing it fast enough, then five minutes is, is the, the time that you expect me to be able to do this, then you might have to get somebody else to do it. Cause I don't think I can do it in this time. You know, it, it was crazy having a boss like that. It's, it's a nice change of pace. Right. Well, you know, and it kind of gets back to what I was saying earlier. You know, a lot of people don't learn much through, you know, let's say negative reinforcement is what I would call that, you know, where you're getting in somebody's face, yelling at them, you know, making them feel like shit about themselves and the job that they've done. You want to be more encouraging and uh, create an environment that's, you know, conducive to learning and to you want your employees to, to learn and be better, you know, and you're not going to achieve that by telling somebody how much they suck and, you know, how big of a jackass they are and things like that, which is kind of what I was saying is, is the employer I have. Uh, he treated everybody. Uh you know, coincidentally, it's a reason I feel like that that business ended up failing eventually. They ended up getting bought out by a competitor. Yeah, I mean, people um, don't quit man. People don't quit jobs; they quit bosses. That's true. That's very, very true. Uh, you know, more often than not, most people actually, you know, that have quit jobs that they probably made decent money at, or really like the, you know, their coworkers or the environment you know, let's say the job that they did, uh, they're not going to like when, when you have somebody in leadership that's, uh, you know, really just a complete jerk. Yeah. A bad leader. Yeah. Whenever, I mean, you know, like just a couple months ago, I had a part-time job and, uh, I quit that on the spot. Uh, cause I walked in, it was that day that, uh, or the day after, uh, you and I went down to Fort Wayne, Indiana. Uh, you know, you guys called me the night before said, Hey, we're, uh, you know, if you want, you can come with us. We'll pay you X amount of money to go to Fort Wayne, Indiana with us tomorrow morning. Uh, you know, be at the warehouse at like four o'clock in the morning. So, uh, you know, I was like, hell yeah, yeah. you know, that's, that. that's more money than I would make if I worked my part-time job tomorrow, which I was scheduled to open to close to, which it was a job I didn't even need. You know what I mean? It was just some, some extra cash to get in my pocket just to, to help me along to my financial goals. So, uh, I, I go in the next day. I, I called in uh, to that job that day because, I, like I said, I was scheduled to open to close. Uh, and then I came in the next day and for another open to close shift. And as soon as I walk in, I clock in, and the store manager walks over to me. He says, hey, Skivvy, uh, come on. I need to talk to you. Let me talk to you for a minute. Come on, let's go talk. And he's, like, got this, like, aggressiveness to him. You know what I mean? And we walk over, and I'm thinking we're going to his office or something like that. And he sees this other uh, this other manager. He calls him over, and that guy was directly over me and the guy who hired me on. And he was actually the one who hired me with that company originally. Uh, and me and him, I felt like had a 
pretty good relationship. You know, whenever I came back, I didn't even interview for the job. I just came, you know, put in an application. I called him and I said, Hey, I want to get some part-time work. He said, okay, come in. I'll drug test you and you'll be good to go soon. So, you know, and they, they both came over, they stopped me in the aisle, customers and everybody around. And they just started screaming at me. And they were like, uh, did you call in yesterday? I'm like, yeah. Why'd you call in? Uh, because I was doing something else where I made more money. I was working my full-time job. And he said, so if you're just going to call in every time you have an opportunity to make more money, you might as well just pack it up and leave now. I was like, okay, bye. <laughs> see, see ya. <laughs> like, cause I'm no, going I, to, cause I told them see, whenever I probably the wrong way to approach that situation, uh, partially on their behalf, but you know, also, if you did tell him, hey, I'm going to go make more money over here, you should have maybe said it in a way where it's not as uh, offensive to, to them. You know, like, hey, this is my full-time job. And, you know, they kind of put it as mandatory that I come into work. They really didn't give me an option. Maybe that's how you should have worded that. Well, I, um, I understand you saying that as my boss. It. But at the same time, like, like – I told them I'm all whenever I interviewed or not interviewed, but came in for the drug test before I actually had the position. You know what I mean? I told them I'm working a full time job. This is only part time work for me. And I will always prioritize my full time job over this one. If you guys schedule me on a weekend and, you know, my uh, my other boss calls me or boss. What are we calling you? Boss and S. Yeah. Yeah. But and, my, <laughs> and boss and S calls me. Uh you know, I'm I'm gonna and says he wants me to work on the weekend. I'm gonna go do that because even if I didn't make more money doing that than I would uh, at the other job, you still pay me more annually. You know what I mean? Like I make more money with you anyway. So you know, I'm gonna try to aim to please the guy who's giving me more money. You don't bite the hand that feeds you, and especially like I don't. I'm not gonna turn around, turn away anything extra because the next time something extra comes up, it might pay pretty heavily. It might go to somebody else. So I'm always going to say yes, no matter what it is. Right, right. Well, all I was trying to say was, you know, that on the way that they handled the situation with you was wrong. You know, anytime you want to talk to an employee, you should pull them aside, you know, at least a somewhat private area. Uh, now, whether that's an office or just somewhere where it's not surrounded, especially by customers, uh, you know, that's where you want to talk to your employee if you need to, you know, scold them or, you know, coach them on something. But, um, you know, and all I was saying on your end of it was maybe there was a way that you could have worded it better where they wouldn't have been maybe so offended or viewed it as negatively as, as they evidently did. Yeah. Um, I mean, certain I, way to, I feel like I made you, it right. I guess the word would be, be a little more professional about it, you know? Yeah. I feel like I made it right at the end of it because like I said, I, I clocked out and I left and uh, like I was mad, like angrier than I've been in a long fucking time, you know? And even since, like I still haven't been that, that mad. Uh, so I left and I went down to the nearest store that I'd worked at before. So I, I drive straight down there. I walk into the store manager's office and I'm like, Hey, this is what happened over here. Just now I just walked out and I drove straight over here to talk to you. Uh, I still kind of want part-time work. So I was thinking about trying to come over here. Um, I just wanted to let you know what just happened and kind of figure out if that kind of keeps me from uh, being able to still work for this company if it's at a different location. And he said, you know, I'll hire you for sure. But uh, what you're going to have to do is you're going to have to go back up there and quit officially face to face and just, you know, 
tell them tell them everything you need to say. Look them in the eye, shake their hand, and walk out. Uh, and just you know tell them that you officially resign. So I was like, okay, I'll do that. So I ended up actually deciding not to take on that other position because it was quite a bit out of the way from uh, from you know where we work. Uh, so like it, it would have right. made everything. Yeah, I think much, I do know the location you're speaking of. Yeah, it's pretty good haul from where you're at. Yeah, it would have made everything much much more difficult. Where the other one, it was like basically right on my way home. So, uh, so anyway, so I, I I go back up there and I walk in and I you know first I, I I'm getting this like a like a panic attack. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like I I, I need to calm down before I talk to these guys. Uh, I mean these these are people that I worked for when I was like 19 years old. And like trying to learn how to be a leader, and like these were the people that coached me for you know the first four years or so of my working career, or like you know nineteen to twenty twenty four, nineteen to twenty three, yeah, nineteen twenty three. So, uh, so I go in there and I, I hear them, and I instantly avoid them. <laughs> and I, you know, I, I there, I'm only there to talk to these people, but I, I needed to get over this real quick. So I kind of walk out to the garden center, uh, and I, I sit out there for a second and just kind of walk around and I walk through and I come back in and I'm like, okay, cool. I'm just going to do it. Like, just going to do it like over, like, uh, I don't know what I was afraid of, but I, I guess like, uh, you know, part of me is kind of afraid of confrontation in some sense. Like in the moment, I'm pretty good with dealing with it, but I guess something to do with a superior in some some way kind of kind of holds me back from that in a way. Um, so, you know, I was just telling myself, you know what, just just fucking do it, just fucking do it. Like like you're not getting over this. Like you walked in, you you instantly had this anxiety, and you know it's not going away. You just gotta you just gotta fucking do it. So, you know, I walked right up to him and I was like, hey, dude, gotta talk to you. And, you know, we walked aside for a little bit and I was like, look, man, like, uh, you know, I told the other guy whenever I started, um, you know, I'm always going to prioritize my, my full-time job. And that's what I was doing yesterday was prioritizing my full-time job. Uh, so if that's a problem, then I'm not going to be able to work here anymore. And honestly, at this point, like I'm, I'm done working here period. Uh, so, uh, you know, I'm just letting you know, now I officially resign and I hope, you know, we can be cool and understanding with each other and he was like he was like okay uh did the other guy know that you were working another job and i'm talking to like the the biggest guy you know like the the actual store manager and he was like i was like yeah i told him right i told him in the interview and he was like okay so he was like okay well best of luck we shook hands and and i left yeah and that's probably the way it's a, that's a good way to clean up that situation. Uh, you always really want to be upfront with people. And sometimes in maybe in that you're the guy that hired you on, maybe he didn't disclose that with, with the store manager. Right. And that's you know, kind of what I was thinking, because even though the store manager was the one who initiated the confrontation, you know, initially, uh, the other dude, I, I think he was the one kind of driving that forward. I think he probably came along and said, "Hey, Skivvy called in yesterday. That's a problem. We got to we got to talk to him about it." You know what I mean? Right. Uh, so, I don't know. I, I not exactly cool with that other guy now. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, and I guess understandably so. Um, it puts you in a position to uh, where it makes you almost look like a bad person or a bad employee. Uh, you know, for something that you actually made them aware of, 
ahead of time, you know, if they would have deemed it to be an issue. Now I can see how somebody would be upset, you know, let's say you called in to go, you know, go work at your full-time job. But it's, to be honest, it's not like that happened, you know, very often. You know, unless you were calling in on your own, you know, at that particular time, we really didn't have that much extra work going on on weekends. And that was, uh, you know, pretty good, uh, pretty good opportunity for you to make actually a, a decent chunk of change, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, it was, uh, it was for, great. You know, you know days of work. it was it was like, a, you know, a day and a quarter's worth of worth of money out of it. You know what I mean? From what I would get in a normal day working working there. Right. The uh, majority of the time was spent riding. Yeah, and it was easy as shit, you know, like I spent like like thirty minutes in the bathroom while we were there. <laughs> you know? Uh, yeah. Uh let's see. So uh I titled this capitalism, the Skibby versus capitalism, and I don't feel like we've really gone into capitalism very much. Uh so uh, what's your thoughts on capitalism? Like, cause uh, the reason I ask that is because I made two posts on Facebook the other day about how great capitalism, basically all I said was communism is bad. Capitalism is good. That's basically all I said. And everybody on my friends list started attacking me about it. And I, 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 uh, huh? I would say that's probably predominantly major. just gonna make an assumption here. Probably a lot of the people that are on your friend list may be younger. You know, your age or younger. Yeah, millennial uh, liberals. Yeah. For whatever reason, those that is a group of people who are advocating and then believe that socialism, you know, is is a good thing, and you know, uh, it's the only way to bring equality. Where it actually does the opposite. You know, when you see countries like uh, you know Venezuela countries like Russia, China, and how poorly those people are being treated and how substantial of a difference there is between, you know, your average worker and, uh, you know, the wealthy end of the spectrum of those people. Uh, it, it's way worse off than what it, you know, honestly has ever been in this country. You know, capitalism is, is a great thing. You know, it lets people, if you have a will and desire, a little bit of money you know you can get in get in start a business and and from nothing if you play your cards right you do what you're supposed to do and you know you you know what you're doing when it comes to your own business you can actually become very successful doing it uh you know you can't do that in a country that doesn't support capitalism that wants to put in tons and tons of restrictions for uh uh, you know, for businesses and then how hard it can be to start one up. I think you that know, it's about as easy to start a business here in this country. You know, it's certainly easier here than, than anywhere. Oh yeah. I think that, uh, you know, if, if, if failure is not an option, then neither is success. So, you know, capitalism is basically socialism is saying like, uh, you know, everybody, like like my fridge is open to you, but your fridge is open to me also, um, and that doesn't work big scale. It works small scale. Like like I'm everybody knows I'm a big Minecraft gamer, right? Like you'll probably see me streaming Minecraft after after this. I played Minecraft till five o'clock in the morning last night. Um, it socialism works really well small scale, and it, it, the reason it works small scale is because 
we're not really digging into people's pockets that we don't know. You know what I mean? Like that's why I said that you guys kind of do a socialist thing, well, uh, attacking a capitalist. Socialism, in my opinion, doesn't work on a, on for the most part, really on any scale, is because you get a ton of people who don't carry their own weight, who do not contribute to society in a positive way. Um, you know, those are the people that will sit at home and, uh, you know, collect whether it's welfare checks or, uh, you know, things of that nature, uh, you know, that they don't put into it what they get out of. And so you'll have somebody who might work twice as hard and, and get the same pay as somebody who, who's hardly doing anything. That's why I'm not supporter of, of, of socialism or a socialist country uh, because, you know, it's inevitable that certain jobs, certain positions are substantially more important than others. You know, you can't tell me that, let's say, a doctor should be getting the same pay as, you know, and no disrespect to any of us, but a truck driver because their position requires much more schooling you know, it costs them tons more money here to get the degrees and the education necessary to be able to do that job. And in their position, one small mistake, and it costs somebody a life. Um, you know, whereas it's not the same, you know. So so they definitely deserve more money than, let's say, somebody who's doing a, a lower tier, lower tier job. Not just truck driver, but, you know, you can take your pick. Yeah. I think that the only people that have a problem with capitalism, one, I don't think that they actually know what it means. I think that they've just heard the term capitalist pig a few times, and they've uh, heard a couple people like other millennials say that capitalism is the uh, is the downfall of a, of a nation or the downfall of an economy or, economy or whatever the shit they're saying. You know, uh, uh, The only reason that they think that it's bad is because they see that there are losers. You know what I mean? There are people well, who aren't very know. good at it. They see that it's bad because they're not the ones willing to uh, get out there, take the risks, and, and do the things to, to start a business. They say, uh, oh, what does it take to be successful in a capitalist could, nation? Oh, I have to work hard? Well, that sounds like it's going to suck. Is there another exactly. way? Those are the people who just want the handouts, who, who want things to be given to them and done for them. Not necessarily willing to get out there, get after it, and, you know... Uh, do whatever it is required to be successful. When I was in uh, in uh, middle school, I had a uh, social studies teacher who came in, and at the very beginning of class, she said, okay, class, um, today I just wanted to let you guys know we're implementing a new system uh, called communism. And, of course, we didn't exactly know what that was in middle school. So she said, so from now on, uh, everybody's grades are going to be taken into an average. So now, you know, if you have an F, you now have a C uh, because a C is our average. Uh, and if you have an A, you, I'm sorry, guys, you now also have a C. So I was a fucking DNF student. So I was ecstatic, <laughs> you know, like this class that I was failing in. She actually used me as an example when explaining this to the class afterwards. She said, uh, she said, guys, I just wanted to let you guys know, like, I'm, I'm just joking about this. Like this is this, or I'm not joking about it, but I just want to teach you, you all a valuable lesson right now. So somebody like, hello. Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. It kind of cut out there for a second. Yeah. Uh, so she said, so somebody like Skivvy, 
uh, I'm sure is very happy about this. Like I said, she used me as the example. Uh, somebody like Skivvy is somebody is very excited about this because now where he was failing, now he's got to see. But she said, I've done this in a couple other classes and I've actually had people cry today because they worked so hard for their A and they learned that now just the, because, because of their hard work, their average is able to not be an F. She kind of explained the, the logistics of it a little bit. You know, if, if everybody worked as hard as Skivvy did, then, then everybody would be failing. If everybody worked as hard as uh, fucking Sabrina did, then everybody would be passing. But, you know, you have some people who are going to put in, some, you know, more effort than others. And that's where you I have... Mean, and that's a great example. Uh, it really is. Because that's exactly what socialism does. It... it takes away that separation uh you know from from people who really want to put in the extra work and you know get to a point where they're really you know successful and and they'll work you know whether it's two jobs or 12 14 hours a day and uh you know they'll look to save money and and things like that uh and it allows them to be successful you know more financially than others and you know why should somebody who doesn't you know put in as much effort and doesn't work as hard why should they be rewarded uh off the backs of of others yeah you know it's in a way it's really not fair you know uh can you also tell people where it is that you're from yeah we're bosnia yeah so uh and what kind of what kind of country is that it was a socialist country before the war. Now, if I'm not mistaken, uh, it's set up more like a republic. Uh, but it did come from a socialist country. Uh, one that was actually fairly successful as a nation, but you still had tons of uh, people in poverty in the nation. Uh you know, a lot of under underdeveloped regions there. Uh, you know, a lot of people struggling to to survive. And even now, um, you know, you're looking at unemployment. You know, over forty percent, if I'm not mistaken. Forty you know, percent. Yeah, but it's you know, it's a struggle. It's still recovering from war, and uh, while it is slightly getting better, you know, it still has a lot of people. You know, who are out there looking for work and. Um, and, you know, just really not able to find it. This, you know, that's why a majority of the families over there might all have, for the most part, just one person who works and, and, and brings the income. You know, it's not like here where you're, you know, both both adults in the family, let's say husband and wife both have a job. And, you know, in my situation here, like as a as a younger kid, you know, 16, 17 years old, you know, I had a job. You know, you don't have that over there. Hold on, so somebody, somebody in the from. chat said, uh, uh, "Crybo uh, said capitalism is shit." End of story. And uh, Crybo, I want to ask you, uh, why? Why do you think that capitalism is bad? Because that's another thing that happened whenever I was, uh, whenever I made those couple of posts saying uh, that communism is bad and capitalism is good, or you know, socialism is bad. I basically said anything that's not capitalism is bad. And I, I, fully, I mean, he might. Uh, it's ignorance. The reason I, what I started doing in this argument was I asked people to just explain why you thought that. 
Oh, he said he said make America great again. He said he's joking. Okay, hell yeah. Uh, but it was hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> it was hilarious because I started asking people to to just explain themselves. Like, okay, cool. You think that? Tell me why oh, you yeah, think sure. that. You know, and everybody, nobody could explain to me why it was that they thought that. Like, as soon as I start saying, okay, please explain yourself. I think I just got a follower. What did I get? Uh, it hasn't showed the message yet. Anyway, uh, uh, whenever I started showing, if it's you, Crybo, thank you for following. Um, so whenever, whenever I, uh, uh, I started asking people to explain what they thought, and then as soon as I said that, and exp- like I explained fully what I was meaning, uh, and they they weren't able to explain anything and they would start saying, Oh, well, you know, I'm sorry. I came at you like this. So let's, let's, uh, let's, let's be fine with each other. Let's. It's because, uh, a lot of, you know, kind of alluding to, you know, like I was saying earlier, your people that you have that follow you or that are maybe on your friend list, you know, younger generation, um, emotions drive a lot of their decision making is logic. Um, and you know, media nowadays the, the news channels and stuff like that uh they 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 thrive on stuff like that so when they're pushing an agenda to where you know they might necessarily think or want a socialist country uh, and they're going to tell you the positive stuff that it could bring without uh you know really disclosing all the negatives uh, you know part like for example with our well, you can say with Obamacare today, uh, you know, everything that was promised that it wouldn't do in turn ended up happening. Insurance rates skyrocketed. They took away, uh, basically killed off a lot of private insurers and things of that nature. So where you don't have as much competition, so your big guys do drive the prices up. You know, they kind of control the market. Uh, you know, when you that's what happens in, in a socialist environment. You know, when it's capitalism, it allows for smaller guys such as ourselves to be able to get out there and compete with with the big boys. You know, uh, we have less overhead costs, so we're able to do certain things for for cheaper. And that same would apply to basically any industry that that you know that allows for it. Uh, you know, to be had smaller businesses, you know, competition and all that. Yeah. Real quick, I want to thank uh, Twisted AJ TV and uh, Crybo nine seven one three three for following. Uh, but yeah, what you said about about uh, like insurance and or, or Medicare or uh, affordable the, the Affordable Health Care Act and shit like that, like it made it so that it was regulated, right? So anytime the government steps into it's something, basically a socialist based healthcare system. It's stupid, uh, because, you know, and they want you to believe that that's so great, and they compare it to what is in a lot of European countries, which, which is actually where we're from. Um, what they don't disclose to you is that a lot of those patients don't have access to top notch healthcare. Uh, you know they do have, if you will, free healthcare, but they don't get to see the best doctors. They don't get the best medicines prescribed. Uh, you know, they often have long treatment times, uh, long wait times to get treatment, things of that stuff. Uh, that's what they won't disclose to you. You know, fortunately, we don't have that full system here in the country now, you know, but that's kind of what the, the if you will, liberals were pushing for. Um, and, and that would kind of really would take a 
uh, sometimes to really see the negative effects. Really, I don't, I don't envision positive positives coming from that type of system, you know, because we have family that lives over and, you know, so we hear about all the, um, you know, the actual problems with the healthcare system. Um, you know, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've had sent money to a family member and, you know, when they walk to the hospital and they hand somebody their ID, they'll put a, you know, $50 bill underneath there and then they'll get that treatment they need, you know, almost immediately. Whereas if they didn't do that, it'd kind of be like, well, you know, go, you know, come back in a few weeks or something like that. You know, it's it's hard to really believe that that type of stuff goes on, but it really does. Um, it can, yeah, can you go into the uh, – so Krabo just said that he's from Germany. Uh, one, he said that German medias are biased against Trump. Um, so can you kind of go into that a little bit also, Krabo? And then uh, he said stuff like free health care is okay. They have it too in Germany. He said the the free market should be free though. Um, so what a uh, so what are, you said the problems happen is that you walk in and they take your ID. And- well, that was in in Bosnia particularly, but like for example, and I'm not sure what how Germany is set up, but I do know that there's countries over there that do have socialist basically style healthcare system. You know, healthcare is free, et cetera, stuff like that. What ends up happening is uh, to those people over there, it might seem great, but when compared, why you know, why do you think a lot of people rush to the U.S. to get the the surgeries? Let's say athletes for you know repairing you know whether it's torn ligaments, broken bones, uh, you know organ surgery stuff like that. Why do you think majority of that happens here in the United States? It's because the best doctors are here. Um, you know they're not going to work in a system where every doctor gets paid the same. You know better doctors get paid more for their skills, you know, for the time that they put into it. Uh, you know, then prescription drugs, for example, the medicines that are being sold and prescribed to patients over there aren't quite as good as the ones that we have access to here. Uh, and that's kind of some of the stuff that a lot of people aren't aware of because, like I said, most people just view, you know, see and listen to what they hear on TV and, and a lot of that fully disclose all that information you know they won't ever tell you the negative they just want you to, to hear the good stuff about it so you're saying in a free healthcare system uh and, and guys this is coming from somebody who who lived in europe like he lived in bosnia he lived in this system he he's got friends and family who still live there like he, he still talks to them he knows well, the, not just bosnia but our family kind of spread throughout yes. you know a few different countries in europe so this is a guy who who's seen it who knows about it and still believes in our system, you know, and you're the, the information that you get from everybody who says that it's wrong are people who have never left their fucking hometown. You know what I'm saying? And so he's telling, he's saying right now, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, that whenever you have a free healthcare system, you've got, um, uh, doctors who aren't able, they're, they're getting the same no matter what they do. So it's, it's the good enough for government work type attitude. So instead of going in and saying, okay, well, if I do this and I do a good job, then, you know, and, uh, you know, work hard and, you know, I, I go in when I'm supposed to, I'm on call and shit like that. Like, like I'm going to make more money off of it. I don't make the same amount because that's what the government gives me. I make what our hospital makes. Like well, I, I make what I'm worth. Have, uh, you know, in those countries in particular, you don't have as many, say, private healthcare providers, you know, like here where you can go to, 
a doctor that might have his own clinic somewhere. You don't have quite as many of those there. And there's a, uh, you know, because their price, you know, you still have them and they exist, but their price is higher. But you actually do get better treatment in those than what you would in, in you know, your big hospital that's basically run and organized by the government. Because they just want it to be good enough. And, you know, not whether it's the best health care that you can possibly get, you know, that's not what they're concerned with. Kind of like what we were talking about earlier, the bare minimum to get by. It's just uh, to let you know that this is a country that has free health care. And, uh, you know, if if you can't afford health care, uh, you know, you can get put on a waiting list and hope you survive long enough. Yep, very true. <laughs> but if, if you work hard, if you're in the United States, you work hard and you just get fucking basic health insurance. And this is another reason why I'm against, uh, you know, universal health care or whatever. Well, they can't turn you away here. They can't decline you uh, surgeries, you know, or threatening situations like that. Yeah, you can go into debt with it. And then also, like, uh, when I was, uh, uh, like, 18, uh, I went to the hospital for something because I thought that I was having a heart attack. And so I go... I go into the hospital and it turned out I just had like a massive anxiety attack. So, uh, like my, my chest was hurting. My left arm went numb. Like I was like, you know, high blood pressure kind of shit, you know? So I go in there and they were like, uh, you know, they said, this is what happened. And I didn't, they asked me for my health insurance. And like I said, I was like 18. I didn't really know. They said, what kind of insurance do you have? I have no fucking clue. Like I, I said, uh, state farm. Like <laughs> that's the car insurance that I have. I don't know. You know, that was not the, the health insurance that I had. And they said, uh, Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was so fucking stupid. So I go in there and I tell them that. So, uh, I came back up there later because I got this huge bill that there was no, like, to me at the time, it seemed like there was no way I would ever be able to pay it off. So I go up to the hospital and I'm like, Hey, is there anything we can do about this? Uh, can I add on the insurance to, to this payment? They said, well, there's, it's not really anything we can do about that, but we have a self-pay thing that we can do, which drops, uh, it either dropped 60% or dropped it to 60%. You know what I'm saying? It, it dropped a lot of money. So it either dropped 60 or 40% of my total bill, which helped a lot. And then later on, whenever, basically when I started working for you, actually it was a little bit before us, it was the full, it was a year before I started working for you. I started paying. Uh, right. So pay- it's based on your income. Yeah, or I paid. I started paying off my debt, and that was one of the things that I paid off. And uh, you know, really, I only had I had like two thousand dollars just looming over my head that I thought was like I would never be able to pay it off. And I just started making payments. And honestly, like I didn't even pay a full two thousand dollars. I think I maybe maybe paid like like uh, maybe twelve hundred dollars total because every time I would call and I'm like, hey, I want to I want to pay this off. I want to settle like. You know what can what price can you get for me on this? Because I'm calling collections company, collections agencies, right? So they would give like I ne- I didn't pay the the full price of what I actually was supposed to, but I, but the debt still got settled. So it's you know a, a you know a twelve hundred dollars could have held my could have kept me from having a great life, and I, I just decided to, to pay it off. I, I didn't mean to bring it into debt, but uh, you know there's other things that you can do. To, to still pay off your 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 medical bills and I- well you can do it here because you know people are willing to negotiate particularly hospitals and things of that nature like I said um, they they understand that not everybody is on the same uh, playing field when it comes to those things 
uh, you know, somebody might be able to afford two thousand dollar payment like it's nothing to them. And while while others, you know, might really struggle and it take them five, six years to pay that. What uh, about uh, fortunately we have hospitals here who are willing to do that for patients. Yeah. Go ahead. Uh, what about wealth? Is there uh, like in in European countries or you know socialist non capitalist countries is building wealth more difficult? I mean, I'm sure it is, but uh, do you? Um, I mean that part of it, I really wouldn't know as much because, like I said, you know, majority of my life I've spent here. Now I can tell you that I would certainly assume that it would be more difficult to build wealth, but I also feel like in those countries it becomes way more important to know people rather than to know things. That's kind of how you build wealth and grow in those kind of nations. It's all going to be based on who you know, not what you know. So it's um, like, hey, you can come, we can come together and put our money well, together. Well, i just tell you in Bosnia that there is tons of people who are working jobs that they shouldn't be, that they're probably underqualified for, and it's simply because they might know somebody that works there. And they're going to give the job to a family member before they'll give it to somebody else that they don't know personally. Um, you know, that happens actually quite often. So what you end up having is tons of people who are underqualified in, in positions they don't really need to be in. And I know what a lot Which of people are thinking right now. Right over there uh, where they, you know, lit a building on fire, uh, you know, a government building downtown. You know, as as a sign of uh, displeasure with with things of that nature. It said, "Fuck you, motherfuckers! We're tired well, of this you shit." Know, you might have a politician, let's say, that's making, let's just say, for sake of argument, five thousand dollars a month, and then you might have somebody that's working, you know, sixty hours a week, and they might get five, six hundred dollars a month. You know, so the people who are really not to society are the ones that are making the majority of the money yeah and a lot of people listening to that might say a lot of people listening to this might say uh you know well sometimes that happens here too yeah but we have the freedom to do that you know what i mean we we have the freedom you can go out there and you can make more than your politician uh if let's say you start your own business and you're successful with it or really even various jobs you know say a lot of you know surgeons in particular let's say in high-end jobs they can make more money but you have the options to go out there and, and learn and, and to do that while you won't have that in those smaller particularly smaller countries or really any socialist country yeah uh night pain do you want to hop into the discord real quick well actually we're not in the stream chat so i don't think that's gonna well work. actually Dal- uh skivvy I was getting ready to say uh, I'm probably going to head on out. Okay, yeah. It's uh, almost time for me to start packing it up and uh, get ready to grind it out another day tomorrow. All right, yeah. I guess I'll see you in work tomorrow. Have a good night. All right. All right. Thank you. Later, bro. Appreciate your time. Yeah, thank you, sir. All right, guys, uh, thanks for coming to Skivvy versus Everything. Uh, Night Pain, also, if uh, we can hop into the stream chat if you want uh, and keep it going a little bit longer. Like, I could probably go for another 15 minutes or so. Um, but let's see. I'll give you a second to, to write into the chat. Uh, let, me, let me close out Discord real quick. Okay, let's go.
Okay, and let me get into the stream chat real quick. So if you want to join in. Okay. Um, yeah, okay. Um, but yeah, guys, uh, I mean, capitalism is the engine that drives the rest of the world. You know, uh, when you have a system that, uh, like the United States, that says, okay, you can come in and you can, uh, uh, you know, if, if failure is not an option, then neither is success. So people people understand that. They understand that if you work hard, you can have something in life. So people will start a business or they'll start something and they'll, they'll drive forward. They'll, uh, you know, they'll work their ass off to make things happen because they'll see what it can bring, not, not just what it can bring themselves, but what it can bring the rest of the world. So then they'll take that, uh, that idea and they, that idea can benefit the rest of the world. Amazon, uh, you know, fucking pharmaceuticals, you know, medicine, like uh, different techniques for, for surgeries or something like that. Like, like we come up with shit constantly in the United States and it's all driven by capitalism, uh, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Night pain. Night pain said, "I'll talk for twelve hours. The podcast will never end." Uh, uh, night pain. Night pain is mantis, and mantis. Uh, uh, he he talks. He talks a lot. Uh, it, one of my best friends. Anyway, uh, he's so. Whenever you have that that system put in place, and it's it's driving the rest of the world. That's why other countries like uh, like a capitalist or socialist country is able to succeed. That's or, or not even. It's why they're able to skate by. It's why they're able to have access to the things that we have. It's why they have fucking smartphones that we have. It's why they have, you know, the medicine that we have and stuff like that. Like, they're not making it themselves. They just they just have access to it. Like, they can purchase it, but they're not the ones that are making it happen. Um, but I'm going to go ahead and cut the podcast, guys. Uh, you know, thanks for thanks for coming. Follow me at twitch.tv slash skivvyverseseverything. Uh, follow me at Patreon or, uh, you know, support the, the show at patreon.com slash skivvyverseseverything. Find the podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's on fucking Anchor. Uh, it's on iTunes. It's, it's everywhere. Uh, Spotify, those are like the main ones. Uh, you can support the podcast within the Anchor app. So uh, I do suggest you listen to it there. Uh, but I don't care if you do or don't. I personally also listen to it in iTunes or the, the Apple podcast. Um, so uh, follow me on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. And uh, have a good night, everybody.